I told the others. They didn't believe me. You're all doomed. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th. She claims she saw him. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. And he took his revenge. Jason's out there. Watching. Waiting to kill. You're all doomed. Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. My name is Joey. And welcome back to Camp Blood, or at least the vicinity of Camp Blood. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's across the lake or whatever. Yeah, it's like island a, somewhere. It's close. It's in it's in the... It's adjacent. Camp Blood adjacent is what this is. You mean adjacent? <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Okay. But <laughs> everybody just shut off the show. We want people to listen. Not to yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it's it's... Right after the barbed wire and that little bitty tiny creek that has no fish. You can't miss it. Right. <laughs> but this is, of course, part two of our 13 days of Friday the 13th on the last theater on the left. All this stuff we're doing. <laughs> we're doing all of these. Each, if, if this is your first time listening to the last theater on the left, we are in the middle, or towards the beginning actually, of a series of 13 episodes dedicated to the Friday the 13th series. We're talking about each individual movie on its own, leading up to a big breakdown ranking extravaganza at the end, where we talk about the entire series and talk about some of our favorites and, of course, rank them because we love to rank things on cnjradio.com. Yes, and if this is your first episode, go back one and start with part one. Yeah, go listen to that one. Speaking of part one, the first ten minutes of this movie is part one. (laughs) It is, yeah. So... I forgot to do something on the last episode, Chris. Sure. I, of all the interview questions I asked you during it, which it kind of turned into that, but that's what I do when I talk film with you. Yeah. I'm going to ask you on every one of these episodes from now on, starting with this one. Okay. And this pertains to number one, because since they went back, we're going back. Sure. It's only fair. Yeah. I'm going to ask you what your favorite kill is from every episode, and also shoehorn my favorite in there in case we don't have yeah. similar answers. Yeah, they might be different. And the only rule of what your favorite kill is in each episode is it can't be the death kill for Jason and or Mrs. Voorhees. So anything but the last name Voorhees doesn't count. It has to be a kill done within the movie. Gotcha. It's the innocence, you know, basically. Okay. It so, can't, so it can't be the guy that wasn't Jason that was in that one. Which one? Which one oh one? God! Don't yeah. talk about five. <laughs> don't even get me started. We haven't even started we'll two. There. You're gonna get me started on five. We'll get there. Okay. Well. Okay. So well, let's go back to the first one. My favorite kill in the first one. I was thinking about this. There's two that spring to mind. Okay. Uh, right away. Um, I think I know what yours is. Yes. Um, but mine is probably going to be the. Well, I guess it's not the first one, but it's the first one of the new camp. Annie, yeah, Annie in the woods when she gets her throat slashed okay. because I love that effect. Even on like we were talking about the Blu-ray, you can kind of see the appliance yeah. on the neck, but it's the throat slash and her. You see the skin open up, yeah. and there's a second before the blood comes out. Yeah, it's and pretty I just, great. Yeah, I think that's 
That's my favorite from the first one. Yeah. I still got to go with Kevin Bacon's death. Yeah. The death of Jack, <laughs> Arrowhead. I know this was, this was tough for you. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to have so much of a problem, like, deciding on some of these other ones. Maybe right. I'm wrong. I yeah. could be wrong, but I'm, yeah. Those Arrow- are definitely the top two, though, because a lot of them, well, even when we get into two, there's a lot of things where they don't show the actual strike. It's just the aftermath or yeah. the immediate aftermath. It's, there's no impact. It's just you see the thing move, and then you see the thing already in the person. Sure. That kind of thing. You see the afterblood, as I like to call right. it. <laughs> or even, especially in this one, even it happened in the first one too, but in this one, you don't even see anything. You just see the dead body show up later. Yeah, in Crystal Lake Memories, they said the MPAA was all over their ass. Yeah. So there was a big conscious effort to get gore trimmed off of it. Sure. They tried to get away with it, of course. I mean, yeah. you want to. And nowadays, people over-gore it so they yeah. can turn it in and say, oh, you know, we got them. Yeah. But in this case, they were like, we were totally censored and we had a better movie with better gore for you, but yeah. this is not what the MPAA was going to give us. They were going to give us an X. Yeah, and I completely understand that. And if they had made every kill like the ones we were just talking about, then yeah, it would have probably definitely bumped the rating up to mm-hmm. an X. Yeah. At the but, time. Yeah, at the time. But I don't necessarily think that more gore equals better. And like you were saying... Right, like, right. Like... My barometer is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. People think that movie is so bloody, and it's not at all. Same thing with Halloween. Yeah, same thing with Halloween. There's so little blood in it. It's all imagery, and it's all in your head most of the time. And that's the thing, because they're really well-done movies, and they make you think that there's more than you actually see on the screen, and that means it's effective, and it did its job really well. And we were talking about, in the first one, I do think that it did its job very well, and it built the tension... And the mood to a certain degree to where even though there were a few kills that didn't happen on screen, you still think that there were more in it. I I kind of remember Brenda when she had the lights turned on in the archery range. Yeah, on part one. Right. Well, I've seen it so many times, but I always kind of think she's going to get shot with an arrow. And she doesn't. No. You don't see anything. Yeah. And so that's a testament to how effective that one was. Yeah. How effective do you think it was in part two? Because there were a lot of scenes where we didn't see any action and it was just the aftermath. Do you think it was as effective as the first one as far as those types of kills where you don't see anything but you feel it? I I don't know if I have a great answer for you here because I know too much about it now with with the what if factor. Right. I, I, the shish kebab scene, as I like to call it, mm. is definitely the biggest what if of this whole series. Yeah. Does it amp it up half a star rating right. if that scene is uncut? Yeah. And, you know, you talked about it doesn't have to be gory to be good. Yeah. But maybe with a scene like that, I think immediately Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1, the Johnny Depp scene. If you don't yeah. know it, I don't know why you're listening to us right now. <laughs> right. You have to know that scene. It's one of the yeah. great kills ever. Now, if you trim blood out of that, well, yeah, then... It's not that good now, is it? Right. So there, there is a call for it sometimes. So I, I think maybe this scene could have used that. I so, agree. you know, it's all kind of what if and yeah. who knows and all that kind of jazz. So, uh, you know, it's doesn't make it a better movie than one because one is the superior movie. I mean, yeah. kind of spoiling the whole thing here, but I, <laughs> I think most people... You know, would agree. Yeah. Two is, isn't one. But two's not bad either. Like, no. it's... You know, I even I even checked the I love checking IMDb star ratings. Friday one got a six point five, this got a six point one. Yeah. You know. I think this is probably closer <laughs> to accurate than the first one, because we were talking about the first one was probably a little bit better than that. It's yeah. definitely a little bit yeah. better than that. And did I answer is, your question? I, I yeah. kind of I don't know yeah, if I, you I, did. I, I don't want to dance around no. it too much, but 
you know, yeah, I think they were hurt by the restrictions put on them. Whereas in the first one, I don't think anything was being put on them. Right. So the freedom was definitely there in the first one. The second one, they're being watched because there's money to be had now. Sure. And I do agree with you. You bring up a good point about the the intent of the movie. And the intent of the movie, for some movies like Halloween, it's about mood and, and more than anything else. No. And you didn't need the blood. The first Friday the 13th, it was there was a lot of mood in that and there was a lot of tension. And it was more about that. And, but you were bringing in the kills a lot more as well. And it was going towards the gore and the body count type of movie but this one i feel is going even more towards it the story in part two to me feels a lot simpler it relies on the same template as the first one as we noticed like people complained about star wars part seven being a copy of part four and (laughs) if you look at Friday the 13th, part one and two, and you, you mark the major plot points. Sure. You got a grocery list they're the here. Same. I mean, like, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, how many things did you write down? Do you want to just go through them or are we going to go through them segment by segment? Because I feel like if you just say it right now. Yeah, we can just bring them up. Gets the go. point across. But, so, well, okay. Go so, ahead. like certain things, the, of course, there was, it mostly happens all in one night. Just like the first one. Uh, Storm happens just like in the first one and the second one. Yeah, it's a two-day movie. Yeah. As things start to happen and kids start to get killed off, you notice that it makes sense that nobody knows what's happening and there's no dumb decisions being made because it's happening so quick. Mm-hmm. The final two people are a boy and a girl who are... We kind of talked about it a little bit. We think in the first one, Alice and Bill had a thing going between them. And this is the same relationship, yeah. basically. And yeah. in this one, it's Paul and Jenny who are like the main counselors. They're the the trainers or whatever. Because yeah. this is a this isn't an actual camp. They're training other counselors. Yeah, and they seem to be getting along better than yeah. the couple in the first one. But yeah. at the same time, there is there seems to be a bit of restraint. Yeah. With more positive tension than negative tension, right. but it still feels the same as sure. the first. Yeah, so because they right can't, there. they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing in front of the other counselors. So right. there's that aspect of keeping it hidden, just like in the first one. Mm-hmm. They come in after almost everyone's already dead, just like in the first one. <laughs> they find a bed with blood in it, just like in the first one, where they found the bed with the axe with the blood, and they're mm-hmm. not sure what's going on. So it's. They think it's a joke, just like yeah, in the first they think one. It's a joke, just like in the first one. And even the final scene. In the first one, with Jason the Dream that we had a little debate about, where he comes up out of the water, that's revisited in this movie at the very end. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely ripped themselves off, obviously. Uh, The thing that I thought was interesting about it, once it was all said and done, is that we noticed that it violated one of the quote-unquote sequel rules, which is... It's a lower body count than number one. It depends on how you look at it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, go ahead. You there's got, there's, there's a there's, ton of qualifiers on this. T- tons of qualifiers. <laughs> there's an official body count on a lot of fan pages. Yeah. And they're all right. However, they missed a few things. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not beating them up, but Chris, <laughs> totally, totally grab these. Go ahead. So basically, <laughs> what we're talking about is the opening scene where Alice is being stalked basically in this house that is strangely close to where all these murders happened and we find out this is only two months later after it so she didn't move away from yeah. crystal lake which i don't even think didn't she she had something she was saying something about going back to california or something in the first movie right. what? that i want to say so why didn't she leave i i don't know like yeah. you you go through something like that yeah 
Like, and she stays within walking distance of the camp. Obviously. Because, yeah, because Jason... So, Jason he's kills not, her. Yeah, he's you know. not taking a cab. Yeah, he can't he's not... walk out in the daylight. He has to go there at night, and he has to walk. Yeah, Ralph's so. not going to let him borrow his bike. Right. <laughs> and and, and so like, which edge of the world are you living on yeah. if this happens to you? Okay, this is upstate New York, around yeah. New York, New Jersey area. Where do you go? Where yeah. are you going, Chris? Uh, away from there. <laughs> yeah, are you, I'm going to, like, deepest, darkest yeah. South America, actually. Right. You know why? Because he's got to go through a lot to get to right. me. I you mean, those, those streets border. are rough. Right. <laughs> okay, so that's where I'm going, yeah. and I'm going to, like, pay everybody off, you know. Yeah. It's like what they used to do back in the, the Congo back in the day. Pay everybody right. a buck a piece <laughs> to watch your ass. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Sorry. <laughs> no, so anyway, that's the thing is, this is the scene we're talking about where she's, she gets the phone call, someone hangs up, and she goes around and she's looking. There's a lot of really long shots following her. You're doing the, <laughs> the point of view thing again, just like in the first one. And they actually play with that a little bit because yeah. there's a really long shot where she goes down the hallway, she goes into her room, she undresses, which you don't see, yeah. and she comes back out and goes into the bathroom, gets into the shower, and it goes and it focuses. The camera slowly kind of fluidly goes through the hallway and stops on the shower curtain. Shower curtain opens really quick and she's staring right directly at the camera. Great shot. So it's a cool shot and I I like how it played on the first one where we were talking about how... Many times people were looking directly at the camera, yeah. sometimes as they were getting killed. Yeah, and I, I believe they talked about this. I'm going to reference Crystal Lake Memories a lot. Sure. The documentary, yeah. great documentary if you haven't seen it, of course. But because of what happened to Adrian King in her real life, yeah. she's getting written out of the series. And uh, I, I heard that they used a complete skeleton crew on this, like mm. really low key, maybe like two, three people. Right, I can see that. That did this and. That was for the benefit of her, but also I think that really adds to how they're able to open up the house a little bit. Yeah. And it's really, it's really well done in that yeah. aspect. It really, that one scene really makes me forgive the, hey, did you not see the first movie? Because this is yeah. what happened. Yeah, it is a complete, it, it doesn't show the entire final scene of the first movie or final sequence of the first movie, but it's pretty close. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, could, they're going to do this again also. Yeah. In three, they're going to yeah. reference two. Because... Alice is dreaming, and as I noted, her dreams are extremely accurate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because they're just showing clips from the first movie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's not like the uh, Evil Dead 2 where they actually redo it, which would have been kind of cool to see it. Like you were saying, if this is her dream, it's maybe from her perspective of it. Because I feel in this movie, a lot of this movie is based around legends and people talking about things that aren't necessarily true, but we find out that maybe they actually are true. Yeah. Because they talk about the legend of the camp and the legend. It's like a third person retelling of this story told by the people that were there, then the old timers, quote old timers, yeah. then retold by this guy, Paul, sure. to the campers. So you know, like you play the telephone game, it's going to get skewed. <laughs> right. It's not going to be the same thing. And it comes into this huge legend and it turns out that maybe it's true because these things that they say might actually be accurate but they might not yeah and so jenny's drunken theory is spot the fuck on because everything she says she's able to use to her advantage later on during the chase scene well she's the psych major and she was using that psychology that she learned in in college yeah so yeah they set that up really early you know what else they set up they didn't follow through with unfortunately was 
the car gag at the beginning that she wasn't able to use it on him during the initial chase. I would have loved that. No, it would have been totally (laughs) three stooges. I'm just having fun here. (laughs) But yeah, we're getting back to the point. I think that we started this journey on is the head in the refrigerator in that scene when she's going through the house with all the fluid shots so I count, yeah, that's where that's where we actually started, was talking about the qualifiers to the kill count. And if you count that, and if you count the there when they go to the shack at the end of the movie, yes. there's Terry's body, there's the policeman's body, yes. and there is another body uh. with a head on it, so it's not Jason's mother, and it's not the... Is it not any of the other counselors? Not from the fridge, because okay. it's, it's old and decomposing, it's just sitting there. So that's another one, that's two. What about the fake muffin? There's a dead dog, which... <laughs> but see, that's that's a weird thing. Not only because there are two of that breed of dog with the same coloring. Right. But that... Do we... So we saw the point of view shot of Jason looking at muffin because we knew because she had the uh, the bow in her hair yeah, or whatever yeah, exactly. it was. But he didn't kill her. Yeah. But he killed this other dog, maybe? Maybe we don't know for yeah. sure. Maybe maybe he killed the dog and was like, "Yeah, it's not for yeah. me." So obviously if, it wasn't because yeah. he had the drop on it right then and right. there. So I'm not I'm not sure. It 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 probably has to be him, right? But we're not sure, and we're not sure about Paul at the end of the movie either. Yeah, and you know, presumed dead. Yeah, because they never talk about him again right. in the sequel. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a different bunch of kids, yeah. but yeah, that's odd. I mean, that that's a big hole at the end. I mean. Yeah. One piece of dialogue is all you need. Yeah. As she's getting carried away, it takes it, it puts no extra time on the screen. Right. It, just tell me something. It's a strange ending, but we'll get yeah. to a little bit more in depth in that in a second. Yeah. But the so to me, the actual kill count in this movie, physical kills that happen in this movie, is nine. Okay, that's not counting the head. That's not counting the old body in the shack. I'm just counting new murders by Jason in this movie. It's nine. So does it tie or beat it if you count all the asterisks? If you count the other ones, it beats it. Okay, by one, right? If you count the head, the body, and Paul, and Muffin, it beats it by... (laughs) Fake Muffin. Fake Muffin, it beats it by three. Okay. But if you count the snake in the first one, it only beats it by two. Oh, hey, more animal death. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, see, there's a lot of qualifiers to this. So I don't know... I'm going to say that it does not beat the kill count of the first one. Because if you count Mrs. Voorhees, then it is ten in the first one. Okay. Because I'm not counting Jason in this one because you don't know what happens to him. All main survivors in one are dead by the first, what, 20 20 to 30 minutes of this movie? Once Ralph bites it, everyone's gone. Right. Yeah, because there were only the two. Yeah, Alice yeah. and Ralph, and Ralph gets it pretty early because yeah. he goes out to the camp. And... Yeah, oh, he's he's peeping at this. Yeah. point. trust me, he's peeping. Yeah. He's like, ah, he's he's not coming back. Yeah. Oh, that's another. I'm gonna thing. go see some boobs now. <laughs> right. That's all he's doing. <laughs> that's what he man. was hoping for, but he got killed before that happened. Yeah. Uh, the that's another thing from the first one. Ralph is found dead in the pantry late in part two. He was found in the pantry in part one as well. So that's another tie. Yes. So, but see, I don't really have a problem with all of the similarities. I didn't have the problem with the similarities in Star Wars, and I don't have the sim- problem with the similarities in this one either. Yeah. For one thing, if it is true that Jason was watching his mother do all of these things, he would have done things the same way as his mother. He would have emulated her, and he did. Oh, wow. Yeah, because at the end of the movie, <laughs> so even down to the thing with the bed, 
And even the way that he played with the last victim, just like his mother did. So it all makes sense. Wow. And waiting for a rainstorm to really start getting shit done. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. there were already people there before <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. So, oh, man. Yeah. So it actually does make a lot of sense. All right. I'm going to try to blow your mind on this one. Because <laughs> right. you just blew my mind. I'm going to add something to this movie and you tell me if this is an upgrade or not. Okay. All right. So you remember at the beginning of the movie where they're having the unfun camp counselor like talking. Yeah, the big meeting. This is no joke and blah, blah, blah. Right. Watch out for bears. He's really big on the bear thing. Yeah. And so much so he won't let it go. Yeah. Even after he has sex, it's still on his brain. I have an idea about that one, but go, go on. I'll say later. So ladies don't wear perfume and clean heavily during your menstrual cycle. Yeah. Those are very real realities as it sure. concerns bear yeah. countries. Now, fast forward to the last act, the chase. Yep. And then she runs back to the cabin, hides under the bed, starts peeing, and then the pee starts, you know, like gives her away, I think. Yeah, he, Jason sees it. Did she do that? For a bear to run in the cabin and kill Jason. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no, but that's not a bad idea. I like the idea. I like the... I would I would count that as one of the better fan theories. Yes. So, I'm saying, like, when when it's all said and done, uh, the, the male hero, thank God I saved you, and he right. carries her back to the cabin, and let's yeah, say it's this... I have, okay, yeah, okay, I'll talk about that. Let's, too. Go say, ahead, let's go ahead. say it's the same room... So once Jason jumps out of the window and mm-hmm. he scares the girl, he does go to grab her, but then they do a quick flash to the pee, and then <laughs> then all of a sudden he grabs her, but then a bear comes out from the window right. that he's broken through and just, <laughs> and, just and just takes him away. <laughs> that I could be down with that ending, yeah. <laughs> right. I think I'm an ideas it, man. It would be a more I wouldn't say satisfying. Well, in a certain way, it would be more satisfying. I'd be more satisfied yeah. now because, like I said, I just complained heavily about yeah. the, the Paul MIA thing. Yeah. Never forget. Yeah. Well, minus the Paul being not there ever, like just disappearing. Yeah. It, I mean, that scene, like I said, it mirrors the scene where Jason comes out of the lake in the first one. And if you think about it, that's how that scene ended too. It just stopped. And she woke up in the hospital, and you didn't see the in-between. Yeah. Of course, we know that had to be, 100% had to be a dream, yeah. and this wasn't, probably, but I think that's why they did it. I'm not saying it was a good decision, sure. and I don't no. necessarily think that it was a good decision to yeah. make the ending of it so ambiguous, Yeah. but that's why they did it. Now I have to do a rewatch of Crystal Lake Memories to see if there's any Paul resolve here. Yeah. So... That's all I got. But hey, Jenny has more stamina than Alice did for sure because she woke up way earlier. Like they didn't even get her back to the hospital (laughs) yet. And she's like, whoa, whoa, wait, I'm still in the lake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you you do kind of, I mean, you do want to know what, how did, how did she not get killed there and everything else? Yeah. I mean, but he's still out there. But it does allow Jason to still be out there and there's no finale for that. So it is obviously the first one, like we were talking about, didn't. It didn't need a sequel. No. Um, and it didn't look like it was built for a sequel necessarily. So now they arguable, want one. But this is very obviously heading towards a sequel. Yeah, now they want one. Yeah. And if the, if the mom's head is still in action, hasn't been burned yet, then, <laughs> then shit's on. Right. Uh, before we get out of here, what's your favorite death? My favorite death in this one 
Hang on, I actually need to We might tie this. on this one. I don't know. I feel like we're going to sync up on this one. Let's try it. We don't, we don't plan this one in advance, by the way. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm going to say... Mm, I think it has to be Mark. The wheelchair. The guy in the wheelchair. We have tied. Yeah. It might have been the shish kebab, but once again, just refer yeah. back to what I said. But yeah, the effect on that is so good. Yeah. Like, if you're using a dummy or a stunt or whatever, yeah. that is so well done. And that image always stays with me. Every time I rewatch this movie, yeah. I see them walk up that staircase for the first time. I'm like, that's the one. Yeah. I am I am already ready for this to happen, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So. And it's not... it's. It's not even the killing blow that was, because the killing blow was the machete to the face. Yeah. And you don't actually see that. You just, like we said earlier, you see the swing and then you see the machete already in his face. Yeah. But it's the backward roll down the steps of the little porch thing mm-hmm. and then all those steps down the hill. That's, yeah. That's the thing that really puts it over the top. And then they take their still promo photo like yeah. they do in all these movies. Yeah, exactly. You said you felt really bad for the girl. Uh, what was her Vicky. name? Vicky. Vicky, thank yeah. you. So the Vicky and Mark thing, I mean, do you, yeah. I'd say equally on them for me. Like, I think so, yeah. Because he's like, I mean, he's a bit of a, he's obviously he, he, a bit of an alpha and a jock. But he was a little, all, well, uh, But maybe. he's like, I'm going to walk yeah. someday, man. I'm. This is my thing. I'm going to do yeah. this. And maybe he's just trying to get laid. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> I, at the same time, I felt bad for the guy. I, I mean, kind of don't feel that way. I think he knew that Vicky likes him. And that, I think that was obvious because she was just throwing herself at him sure, basically yeah, at yeah. a certain time. And he... He seemed a little aloof about it and like that he, I don't know. I didn't feel like he was trying to get laid. I felt like he was... He was being coy. Yeah, he was being coy. I think the... But to me, Vicky is the most sympathetic character in the movie to me. Because she did have... There was a lot of hope in her and she got so excited about the prospect of she was finally she's finally with this guy that she has been pining for which presumably for a long time because of the way that she's acting that's kind of what i get from it yeah and of course you can see that from mark's perspective too but when she gets killed she's the one that one of the few that actually do look towards the camera when in this movie Mm -hmm. when she gets killed and there's a lot of fear and it it builds up to this one a lot more than i think a lot of the other kills in this movie just because it's slowly walking towards her and then he stabs her and you don't see the stabbing blow but you see her face as it hits her yeah i think that is that's probably that might be my second favorite actually kill just because of the emotion in it and the build-up of these characters to me these two characters were probably had the best chemistry and the most build-up Besides the obvious buildup of these other characters, they oh. had the most subtle buildup because this movie is not subtle at all. Yeah, because you knew that the other couple was doomed from yeah. the get go. I mean, they were way too adventurous, way too pokey. They were in for it. Yeah, but you y- you thought maybe these other two would go the distance. Yeah, you know, so that the, and it, it is well done. You're right; they were sympathetic characters. But yeah. I like that they didn't make you feel so sorry for the guy in the wheelchair because I hate yeah. I hate any yeah. form of entertainment. He wasn't that does a that. sad sack kind of guy. Yeah. Like he yeah. was a guy that he's said he was not going to stay in this wheelchair for the rest of his life, and we believed it. Yeah, and and that that's a rare find with yeah. me. And I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna take it right on yeah. Front Street here. Wheelchair characters are usually the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I'm, I know what you're you saying. Know what Go saying. back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's either wah, 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 or it's, hey, I'm doing stuff. I'm doing yeah. stuff. And both of those are mega fucking yeah. annoying. I'm sorry, but yeah. they are. He wasn't overtly sympathetic <laughs> to where you 
where he was crying all the time, and he wasn't a jerk about it either. Yeah. He was just a good guy with this girl that liked him, that seemed like a good girl, and I was pulling for him. If anybody could have survived the movie, I wish they had gone to the bar so they could have survived with the other people. Yeah, but by not going to the bar, it makes them deeper characters. True. So It does. You're right. Anything else you want to say about this before we get out of here? No, I think just overall... The movie, like I said, it's un, it's not a subtle movie. <laughs> the, the least subtle <laughs> shot is when Jason walks up onto Muffin and we see him look down at Muffin and it's a very quick cut to a bunch of a close up of a bunch of hot dogs getting cooked on the grill. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's not a subtle thing. And that kind of encapsulates this entire movie to me. Yeah. Is where the first one did have some subtlety to it. Yeah. And there was a lot of visual storytelling in it where yeah. a lot of the tension was built from the way the camera was moving and the way it was used and the POV shots that we talked about and all these others. And there was a little bit of that in this as well. We were talking about the opening scene with the POV shots and playing with the perception of the audience and the really long fluid shots, which I feel like we're out of necessity because of like you were talking about, it was a small crew, but there weren't as many of those things here. It was more in your face. Uh, The characters were pretty flat for the most part. Whereas the ones in the first one weren't so much. Yeah, I'm glad Jenny didn't make it into the sequel, honestly. Yeah. I will say one thing I just thought of before I forget. Sure. You're talking about shots. The extreme opposite of that thought yeah. with the hot dogs mm-hmm. is during when she uh, Jenny gets to the shack, yeah. that 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 pan over they do and that you see shot. him running down the forest. That is a great freaking yeah. shot. That's a good shot. I, I love that, man, because, you know, I know when people work on those sets, they have to have a guy outside going, go, 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 no, yeah. no, no. But, like, I mean, even just like a half second difference makes that not as good of a shot. That was so well done. Yeah. And I love that. And then like, you know, of course finding out before the person being chased is always way more fun. Sure. But I like how quickly she figured it out at the same yeah. time. So yeah. the that whole part I really love. That's yeah. That's my favorite shot of the whole movie. Uh yeah. That's that's a really good shot, I think. Yeah. And this I think... is a personal thing. I, yeah. The, the thing out of the shower thing is great. Yeah. And the wheelchair uh falling is great. Sure. But I think that's my favorite, like, that's my artsy shot of the movie. Yeah, maybe the shower. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it might be tied. Yeah, they're, but, both, they're both good. So there's still good things in here, but this movie definitely does feel like a transition to the even more shallow, more stereotypical. Because the characters in this movie were very stereotypical, and you knew what these characters were just by looking at them. Yeah. Whereas in the first one, you didn't so much. You yeah. had to get to know them a little bit, which is like what the first half of the movie did in the first one. Yeah. In this one, there are more characters, and you get to know them just by what they're wearing and how they move, and just one line of dialogue, and you know this character. So yeah. that means they're pretty shallow, except for the two that we talked about, Mark and yeah. Vicky. All right. The the uh... so it's a transition to me. It's a transition from from one to three, which is almost cartoony, if I remember correctly. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but I remember some of the characters, yeah. and they're taking these things to extremes. Yeah. So. Is this your favorite viewing of part two so far? I mean, it's the first one's always going to be the best, I guess. Yeah. But uh, do you you know do you like it more now or do you like it less now? No, I like it. It's, I mean, it's it's a well done movie for what it intended to do, and what it intended to do was be more of this body count movie, slasher type movie. And it's not. I think when I look back at a lot of the slasher franchises that have gone on for a long time, and I look at part twos, and a lot of them aren't good, and the drop off from one to two is huge. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. Texas 
Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Although people really like it, and I need to watch it again. It's, it's, it's been fine. Forever, it's, but it's so it's, different. It's like yeah, it's comedy. Ho- it's hokey. Yeah. Halloween 2 is not bad, but it's not even in the same sport as the first Exactly. One. It's yeah. so different. I, looking at Child's Play. Child's Play. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. <laughs> oh. When we do Hellraiser, we're going to do the Hellraiser franchise. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, man. In space, like three times, Yeah. I think. There's so many bad movies in that series. <laughs> is there anything, any other good ones besides the first one? Uh, I'm going to figure this out for the first time. I've only seen one in three. Oh, really? Oh, three yeah. is not bad, but I think it's not bad because of how much I dislike too. I'd rather do critters before. <laughs> no, okay, we'll get off of it. But yeah, Let's... so the drop off, the, basically, the drop off from one to two in all these franchises, most of these franchises, is so huge. But in this one, I don't think it's so much. I think it's a a good transition into the cheesiness that's that's to come. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good sequel, but it's not the best Friday sequel in my opinion, and that'll have to wait for another episode. Yeah, because yeah, Friday kind of has some teaser. has some. Uh, hills and valleys going on. <laughs> yes, in a forest. In a forest. At, at a camp. <laughs> at a camp. And sometimes and, in New York. In a boat. <laughs> and in space. <laughs> and in okay. All right. Let's get yeah, out of all here. those places. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This is only part two of the thirteen-day journey through the woods and onto a boat to New York to space, and <laughs> I guess back to the camp, which is weirdly close to Elm Street at some point. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. And then when they rebuild it later for that other one. Anyway, <laughs> on Mars <laughs> yeah, on with Mars. John Carpenter and Ice Cube. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this, um, Joey. You want to do the plugs for us? Yeah, I can do that. I, I do it at the end of my show, Rock Strikes mm, Ten, as well. Kind of flip the script a little. Yeah, on CNJRadio.com. Every episode of Rock Strikes Ten, my music show, which covers all six plus decades of rock and roll and then some. Stick around for the Synaptic featuring Randy Brown on True Alternative, a completely different music show than mine. That's why I call him. A true alternative, and stick around on cnjradio.com for the last theater on the left blocks and yes. reviews yes. written by Chris. Yes. When he's not talking. Yes. And also wrestling house show blogs and reviews podcasts coming soon. Yes. Once again. All that that's stuff. That's exciting. Music, movies, wrestling. I call Everything. It, what good else could you want? All things rock culture. That's what yes. I'm going with right all now. All right. All because horror movies culture. are rock culture also. Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah. I'll accept that. Yeah. At cnjradio.com. Every time. All right. So you're looking forward to three? Part three? Do you remember it very much? I remember it kind of. Yeah. Uh, about the about as much as I remember two. I, yeah. uh, so I remember not hating it. Yeah. But we'll see. But I remember <laughs> I remember some of the characters, and they're very, very much characters. Yes. I've got a great idea for three. Okay. But you're going to have to wait, listeners, for right. the beginning of the episode. I think I have a really good idea, and we're going to go do it right now. All right. So we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.